This is BoroughCast from Scarborough Borough Council. Hello and thank you for streaming or downloading this podcast from Scarborough Borough Council. This is the June edition of BoroughCast with me, Andy Carter and Gabrielle Janzio. And here's what we're packing in this time. How we're responding to the climate change crisis with our fleet of vehicles. We also have a preview of the Armed Forces Day national event as we hear about beer and parachutes. And of course, our June Sounds of the Borough soundscape has a certain hiss about it. But first, claims by a local businessman and campaigners that we have somehow misled the government to secure money to transform Scarborough's West Pier have been dismissed as, quote, complete nonsense by our political leaders. As we reported in last month's BoroughCast, 10 business cases for town deal projects in Scarborough and Whitby have been approved by government. £37.3 million to pay for them has also been released. Redeveloping West Pier in Scarborough is just one of the schemes. The proposals would see the pier transformed with modern and fit-for-purpose facilities for harbour users, with improvements for existing pier tenants and businesses. There would be new kiosks, bait sheds and public toilets. Our vision for West Pier includes a restaurant and new public space which could be used for outdoor events and cultural activities. The harbour and pier area play a critical role in Scarborough's local economy, with strong links to the fishing and hospitality industries. We want a scheme that supports and helps these industries to grow, while at the same time creating a destination that becomes the focal point for leisure activity and events within South Bay. The proposals were approved by Scarborough's Town Deal Board, which is made up of local business and key community leaders. We're going to unpack and respond to some of the specific claims in just a moment. But before that, here's what Councillor Steve Siddons, the leader of the council, had to say about these claims on our sister podcast, In Conversation With. I'm disappointed with, with those people who, um, who have made those claims. The, the claims are untrue, and, and I think we've lots of evidence to support that. I understand why people are nervous about change. Uh, It's always the case with change. But what we're trying to do is trying to put right a number of years of of lack of investment in in the West Pier. And that is primarily for the fishing industry. I would say that 70-80% of the West Pier is is fishing industry. and, And we are doing things to put right some of those things that people have talked to me about in the past and said that the facilities they have there are almost Dickensian, some of them. So having new facilities, having improved facilities is a key part of this. And I I hope that people will listen properly to what's being said and as the plans develop over the coming months, engage with us and make sure that what we're providing is what they really need and Everyone will be a winner at the end of that. It's, uh, it's not trying to do something to people that they don't want. We're trying to make it better there for everybody, not least the fishermen, but also the public visitors and residents alike. That was Steve Siddons, leader of the council, speaking to our sister podcast. You can hear a longer clip of him by downloading or streaming In Conversation With... 
The latest edition is available for download from scarborough.gov.uk forward slash podcasts. As we said, campaigners, including a local business owner, have made a number of false claims in an open letter published at the end of May. Gabrielle, you've been looking at those in more details. The first allegation is that government has somehow been deliberately misled and that the money is only for town centres. So what are we saying about that? Well, Andy, the government has approved the business cases for all the projects, including West Pier, and our submissions have been closely scrutinised by expert civil servants. I think if there was any doubt as to their validity or whether they met the funding criteria, they would have been rejected. Several of the successful town deal projects sit outside the immediate town centres of Scarborough and Whitby. So the Town Deals initiative is not focused purely on high streets or shopping areas. The campaigners also say there has not been any consultation. How are we responding? Well, the Town Deal process in both Scarborough and Whitby has been the subject of extensive public consultation. Back in 2020, uh, more than 30,000 people, organisations and businesses were involved in the consultation process to prepare the town investment plan. This included the West Pier proposals. Um, This plan is the key strategic document for Scarborough's town deal. Um, In regard to West Pier specifically, there have been 29 consultation and information events since June 2021. This included an initial stakeholder meeting. Consultations and individual meetings have taken place with West Pier tenants directly affected by the scheme. Also, members of our project team have attended Scarborough Harbour user group meetings to give project updates and information about the project has been made available to West Pier tenants via a range of channels. A specific web page provides basic information about the scheme and the project team intends to carry out further consultation and information sessions as the scheme develops. And they say they also believe a loss of parking will affect South Bay businesses. What's our thoughts on that point? No, there is no evidence, Andy, to suggest the removal of some car parking from West Pier will have a material effect on seafront traders. But of course, we do acknowledge the concerns that have been raised. There is a comprehensive review of on-street parking um, due to be carried out by North Yorkshire County Council. And there are also opportunities within this scheme to better manage our off-street parking in the town. Public transport links, um, including improved signage, increased parking elsewhere in Scarborough and the provision of alternative transport options forms part of the wider strategy for the town. Gabrielle, thank you very much. We might operate mostly white vehicles. Now some are green, or on the inside at least. We started a trial of a new fuel made from waste oils and fats. It's being used instead of traditional diesel to power some of our vehicles based at our Dean Road depot in Scarborough. The new fuel, called hydro-treated vegetable oil, or HVO, will drastically reduce carbon emissions from our fleet by as much as 90% in some cases. During the 12-month trial, we should save almost 900,000 tonnes of carbon monoxide from harming the environment. HVO fuel also means fewer nasty particulates and nitrogen oxides, all great for the environment. 
Let's hear from Harry Barros, our colleague who leads on climate change here at the Council. There are so many challenges with decarbonising some of the heavier fleet like this. Things like electric vehicles, this is just not feasible at the moment. Hydrogen, a long way in the future. So finding this middle ground of a biofuel that's really healthy and sustainable and doesn't put that much burden on the, on the drivers is, is an absolutely brilliant thing. And it should really do wonders for our carbon footprint, decarbonising each one of these by up to 90%. I suppose it's an obvious question, but why should we worry about the impact that we have as an organisation on the environment right now? I think everybody's got to worry about it, whether you're just one resident in, in a flat or a big multinational company. But as a council, we, we have that leadership in the borough. We have a lot of operations, we have a lot of carbon footprint, there's a lot we can do. And we can also show leadership, we can inspire others and, and we can really help step up change in our borough and across the country. I know since we declared the climate emergency in 2019, a lot of legwork's been going on. Are you pleased with progress we're making so far? We've, we've got our strategy, which we've published. Are you content that we're doing everything we can at this stage? There's always more to do with a topic like climate change, but I'm, I'm really happy and I'm really proud of the progress that we've been making. We've got excellent progress on things like developing area energy plans. We've got progress along the lines of getting electric vehicle charge points into our car parks and on the community scale as well. We're helping build up community organisations looking at climate change. We've got a group of community organisations and SMEs working as a circular Scarborough group, hoping to build a circular economy in our town. Harry there, as the HVO fuel is almost a like-for-like -like replacement of diesel, most vehicles can use it without any modification. Despite this, there are some that will continue in our fleet to use fossil fuel because they are petrol-driven or are unable to accept HVO. And while HVO is made from waste oils and fats derived from restaurants, a passing bin wagon will not have the same aroma as a Whitby fish and chip shop, thank goodness. Dean Rhodes' vans, trucks and plant currently consume about 30,000 litres of diesel every month month. Steve Hood is in charge of our fleet. I've been down to Dean Road to meet him so he could show me round one of the new HVO fuelled bin wagons. The main thing about this one is that we're running on HVO fuel now which is a, a biofuel. It's very environmentally friendly compared with the, the white diesel fuel that we've been using up until now on these vehicles. In fact I mean it's up to 90% uh, it is. less kind of emissioning if that's it, the right word. Yeah up to 90% less carbon emissions which is great for being out in the, the countryside and the seaside town. We started this as a slightly smaller scale trial didn't we but we've expanded it now to more of the fleet. What did we learn from the initial trial? The reason we did the trial was that we wanted to find out what impact the HVO fuel had on the engine system, fuel filters, etc. So we run a test for, for three months with up to five vehicles. We didn't have any issues from it, which is great, so we managed to roll it out to these, these expensive, bigger machines. And we're now running about 65% of the, the fleet on HVO. There's another 10 vehicles that are about to go onto it in the next couple of weeks, which are our, our rider mowers. And as newer vehicles come through, we'll be expanding that fleet even further. That's our fleet manager colleague Steve Hood. Now let's take a short break from news to bring you the part of this podcast which you can contribute to. In fact, it does rather rely on your input. We're calling it the sound of the borough. If you are familiar with the principle of slow radio or you listen to Paddy O'Connell on Radio 4 on a regular basis, you'll know what this is all about. Our borough is visually stunning, but it's also audibly interesting too. 
This month's soundscape was recorded by Ruth, who took her two boys, Jack and James, to watch the steam trains at Gothland Railway Station. I suspect one of our listeners can probably tell us exactly what that locomotive is based on either the noise it makes as it leaves the station or perhaps by the tune of the whistle. Well, Ruth says her two sons, one is three, the other is five, were fascinated by the train but also terrified by the noise it made and both had their ears covered. And now I think these days that's called doing a Prince Louis. If you would like to submit your own Sound of the Borough for our podcast, please send it to podcasts at scarborough.gov.uk. This is Boroughcast from Scarborough Borough Council. Right, let's talk about the Armed Forces Day national event now. We're recording this edition of Boroughcast in the week of the 13th of June, so it means there's now less than a fortnight to go until our borough hosts this amazing event. On the 25th of June, we're expecting potentially hundreds of thousands of people to come to Scarborough to watch air displays and flypasts, marching bands and also a formal parade. All three armed services are bringing plenty of their gear for us to look at, including replica aircraft, a missile launcher and something called a dive tank. And moored off South Bay will be two Royal Navy ships, a Class 23 frigate HMS Westminster and a Tide-class vessel from the Royal Fleet Auxiliary, RAF Tide Race. We'll be publishing two special Armed Forces Day podcasts in the run-up to the 25th of June, so for lots of detail about what's happening on the day and in the week before, head over to our podcast page, which is scarborough.gov.uk forward slash podcasts to download or stream them. They are being presented by our colleague, Carl. That said, there are a few things we wanted to mention in this edition of Boroughcast. The first is the likely impact of the event, and Gabrielle, you have more for us on this. Yes, like everyone, we want the Armed Forces Day national event to be safe and successful. Scarborough will be in the spotlight for several days with expected national and international media coverage beyond the expected thousands of visitors. It's a good opportunity to showcase our borough to a wide audience and of course hosting such a prestigious and large event and ensuring it goes without a hitch means disruption to people's daily lives is unfortunately inevitable. The, this particular applies if you live in the event zone. So we strongly advise you to plan ahead and make alternative arrangements, not least because of the closure of many roads in the town centre and on the seafront. Okay, so what can you tell us about these road closures? There will be extensive road closures before, during and after the event. 
This is to allow us to clear the event zone ready for the arrival of the various military assets and also to enable the setting up of stalls, displays and other infrastructure. We'll also need to be able to return the area back to normal once everything has finished. If you live or run a business in one of the roads that are being closed, um, you must move your vehicle before the closure comes into effect. We wouldn't want anybody getting caught out. Anything still in place after the closure will be removed and it's quite likely you'll be charged before you can recover your vehicle. No vehicles will be permitted to access Foreshore Road, Sandside, West Pier or Key Street once the closures are in place and this may affect deliveries to business premises. This also applies to blue badge holder vehicles which will not be permitted to stay in closed roads but arrangements are being made for people with special medical or mobility issues. We've actually put a full list of road closures on our dedicated Armed Forces Day website, which is Scarborough Armed Forces Day, or one word, .co.uk. For on-the-day travel news, we suggest you keep your radio tuned to our media partner, Greatest Hits Radio, the Yorkshire Coast version of the station, on FM 96.2, 102.4 or 103.1. You could also tune to BBC Radio York on 95.5 or 103.7 if you're coming via the Rydale district or the Vale of York. As an alternative, both those radio stations transmit on DAB and online too. And our dedicated Armed Forces Day site also has the timings of what's happening on the day and in the week before. Filey and Whitby, of course, are also involved, so this event is not all about Scarborough. At this point, we'd like to remind you, our lovely listener, that the Armed Forces Day national event in Scarborough would not be possible without support. In fact, more than 30 organisations are helping us bring you this brilliant spectacle. Here's our voiceover man to tell you more. We are grateful to platinum sponsor Tesco, gold sponsors NatWest Group and its subsidiary Holtz Military Banking and the Royal Naffy. Our silver sponsors are Babcock, BAE Systems, Balfour Beatty, McCain Foods, the Royal British Legion and Taylor Wimpy. Our media partners are British Forces Broadcasting, Pathfinder International Magazine and Greatest Hits Radio on the Yorkshire Coast. We also appreciate the generosity of a range of business supporters, official partners, suppliers and our partner charity, the Forces Employment Charity, the RFEA. Thank you, Mr. Voiceover Man. Well, without stealing the thunder of Carl's dedicated Armed Forces Day national event podcast, that's a mouthful, there are two behind-the-scenes teasers we wanted to bring to you in this edition of Boroughcast. First, the RAF Falcons parachute display team have told us they are really looking forward to coming to Scarborough at the end of the month. The team will take to the sky above South Bay on the morning of Saturday 25th June and will demonstrate their canopy skills with a jump starting at 10.30am. The Falcons are based at RAF Bryce Norton in Oxfordshire but carry out much of their training in California where, no surprise, the weather conditions mean daily jumps are possible. The team of Don, Owen, Sean, Joe, Colby, Paddy and Gaz took time out from their preparations to speak to me before they travel up. I started by asking if they were looking forward to being on the Yorkshire coast. Yeah, definitely, especially because it is the National Armed Forces Day. And a great location to be jumping. It's always one of our sort of biggest ones this year. So yeah, we are very much looking forward to it. 
Can you give us any hints about what the display will involve at Scarborough on the 25th of June? Anything that we should particularly look out for? New canopy skills or any particular moves that you've been practicing? Well, it all depends on what height we can get. Ideally, if we can get up to our sort of 5,000 high show, um, then you'll be looking out for, we've got a heart um, crisscross into carousel, and then we then uh, go into a saber chase and land it from there. There is potential talk normally when we jump with trail red smoke, um, but there are, there is talks at the minute of us doing uh, red and white smoke. Unfortunately, blue doesn't look too good, so there's no point in us using it. So it was going to be red, white, and blue. Um, there's potential for us to be using red and white. Meanwhile, enterprising aficionados at Walltop Brewery have partnered with us to produce a very special edition of their popular Wald Gold Beer for Armed Forces Day. This limited edition labelled bottle will be presented to serving personnel and veterans taking part in the main parade on the 25th of June. The bottle label design complements the official artwork for the national event, which is being used on the commemorative programme and on other promotional channels. Of course, for those of you that, that know them, for those that don't, Walltop Brewery is a family-owned independent brewery located near Hummerby. Based on a farm, the company grows its own barley, which is used to create its range of great-tasting, award-winning beers. Kate Balchin is from Wald Top Brewery. The process actually started two weeks ago when we brewed the beer to begin with. So we took um, the malting barley, which we've grown here on our farm, um, and we, we've turned that into um, a great-tasting beer. Um, then it's had time to condition and mature, and then it's gone into a bottling tank ready for preparation for today. Uh, so we start with empty bottles at one end of the line, and they get then labelled up with the special label that's um, that's been designed for the Armed Forces Day. And then they, uh, the bottles are then sent through a filler where they're rinsed out first and then they're filled with the, with the beer, which has been lightly carbonated to just give it a little bit of bubbles. And then, um, and then they go through the, through the rest of the line, into the, through the capper and uh, into the packaging machine where they get boxed up, ready to go out to, uh, to, the, to the public. We've got a beautiful town. Scarborough has the, one of the best beaches in, in the area, I think. And, um, you know, just to get that, that, those people up here to kind of appreciate that is, is an incredible thing. Uh, the second is, you know, obviously celebrating to kind of appreciate those who, who serve for us in the armed forces, whether it be Army, Navy, Air Force or, you know, volunteers. And, um, yeah, it was just something that it, it, was, it was too big of a, an event and too important of an event to, to kind of not try and be part of. You can hear longer versions of those interviews in our special Armed Forces Day national event podcast. Once again, it'll be published at scarborough.gov.uk forward slash podcasts. You can also read more information about the national event on our dedicated website. And once again, that link Scarborough Armed Forces Day, all one word, .co.uk. sensitive now but also very important that we need you to be aware of. In July we will begin a sensitive audit of memorial stones in our three cemeteries to check they are stable and don't pose a safety risk. Memorials higher than 45.5 centimetres, that's 18 inches in old money, at Dean Road and Manor Road and Woodland Cemeteries in Scarborough and also Larpool Cemetery in Whitby will be checked. The inspections will be carried out on our behalf by a qualified contractor. The contractor will carry out a visual test of each memorial to look for cracks, 
unsecure joints and unstable foundations. A very gentle hand push test carried out sensitively will also be used to identify any movement between the different parts of the memorial. Test results will then be recorded with safe memorials flagged for inspection again in five years time. Memorials that are recorded unsafe will be staked and banded, um, that's secured basically, to ensure they don't pose um, a risk to passers-by. A notice will then be placed by that memorial stating the reason for staking and who to contact for further information. Our bereavement services team will also be informed so that they can get in touch with the last known grave owner. Only if absolutely necessary will a memorial be laid flat. It's anticipated our contractor will complete this work by the end of March next year at the latest. Owners of the unsafe memorials, who of course are responsible for the individual stones, will be given time to make the required repairs. This will be three months for state memorials and a longer six months for those laid flat. For more information about this work, visit our website scarborough.gov.uk and do a search using the phrase cemeteries and crematorium. It's time to stand by for as we end this month's podcast with a fantastic story because of news that a world record has been set in our borough. If you mention the word Whitby, some people will associate the town and its stunning abbey with Bram Stoker and his creation Dracula. Now, though, Whitby Abbey is famous for something else, the largest gathering of people dressed as vampires, which is an official world record. The Abbey and its custodian English heritage even has a Guinness World Records certificate to prove it. Last month, 1,369 vampires gathered at the site, eclipsing the previous record of 1,000, which had held since 2011 in America. Now, the good news, of course, is you don't need to dress up as anything in particular to enjoy and explore the Abbey. It is a great day out in its own right. And at the time of the recording of this podcast, you can still see some of the pictures from the record attempt on the English heritage.org.uk website by searching for Whitby Abbey from the homepage. That's it for this edition of Boroughcast. Before we go, let's quickly look ahead to next month's podcast, which will be published towards the middle of July. By then, the summer holidays will be imminent. So as teachers and school staff go for a well-deserved and long lie down, we'll bring you some ideas on how to keep the children busy. We know you're probably worried about that already. We'll also be in Whitby to tell you more about a multi-million pound investment to build a new maritime training hub. And we'll be discussing a project, we've called it Sunshine 2, to spruce up our borough. In the meantime, thanks for listening. From Andy and me, goodbye. For more news and information about the services we provide, visit scarborough.gov.uk.